0: Today on the show, I am so excited to introduce today's featured guest, Emily de la Cruz. Emily is a personal branding strategist, best known for her ability to empower entrepreneurs, college students, and young professionals to become more competitive in the market through personal branding. She graduated from the Newhouse School at Syracuse University, where she discovered her love for digital marketing and branding. Her personal branding insights have been featured on the likes of the Huffington Post, the Miami Herald, and Refinery29. Her favorite accomplishment is that Forms named her site one of the top career websites. Welcome to the show, Emily. So fill in the rest. Tell us more about what you currently do and why.
1: Why? Thank you. I'm so excited to be joining you. And the better question is, what do I not do? So throughout my career, the last five, going on six years, I've been juggling side hustling, freelancing, and working full time. So at this current moment, I am actually working for myself full time, but definitely job searching for the right full time role. Uh, we'll jump into this a little bit later in the call, but one thing that I've learned by having a side hustle is that you don't have to settle for the BS, right? So if there's a role that I'm not enjoying that I don't love, I have no problem. I'm off and keeping <laughs> yes. it moving because I know that I'm going to be okay financially.
0: That's awesome. And you're so right. Having a side hustle can be very empowering. So why did you initially start side hustling in addition to the feeling of empowerment. Um, was there a catalyst that made you start?
1: I just started blogging because I was tired of telling people the same thing over and over again. This is what you should put in your cover letter. You should have a personal website. This is what your online profile should look like. So it really just started off as a passion project, as a way to help you know my friends and, and other millennials who were graduating kind of figure out how to navigate the job market. And from there, people being lazy. Um they didn't want to do it themselves. They wanted somebody to do it for them. So of course, I needed to be cut a check for my services.
0: Of course. So <laughs> tell us a little bit um you know for those who are looking for your work right now and need those insights, should they go to emilydelacruz.com or did you kind of table the branding muse? Yeah,
1: so the branding muse uh I quit the branding muse last year. It was kind of um I don't know. It was like my ball and chain, you know, as much as I loved talking about career and personal branding, I found that I had so much more to offer because I was working in digital marketing full time. And I felt like the Branding Muse wasn't really giving me the space to talk about business and lifestyle and just how I'm able to side hustle and travel once a month and do all the crazy things that I do. So I just rebranded. And now the Branding Muse redirect to emilydelacruz.com where you'll still get that branding content where you still get that career content, but you'll also get a lot more um information around things that have nothing to do with personal branding, which might might be like how to figure out how to make dinner every single day in under 30 minutes as an entrepreneur. Um so although, you know, the spirit of the Branding Muse is still there, it's just expanded um, into a different form.
0: OK, good for you, because I was wondering about that. You know, that's where I initially came across you the um, with the Branding Muse um, logo brand and, and in that context. And so to see you. Well, first of all, I think branding yourself with your name is just, you know, Clutch anyway. So I think that's just awesome that you've kind of moved it over that way. And you're right about the ball and chain. Sometimes you set yourself out to do these things that take a lot of time. So talk about that. Talk about the fact that when you're starting a side hustle, especially when you start getting really successful, you have to balance this sense of um, obligation that you start to feel towards your own work.
1: Oh my gosh. Yes. I talk about this so much and and I found, you know, myself doing a lot more work around self-care. I just finished doing an email course called the glow up, which is just a mindset transformation challenge because I found that as entrepreneurs or side hustles or just ambitious women, uh, we always want to do it all, but we're terrified and we don't want to tell anyone that we're terrified and we don't know what the hell we're doing, but we're just going to fake it until we make it because that's what all these panelists and all these articles that we read tell us to do. So, what I've learned, you know, over the last couple of years is you can fake it till you make it all you want, but at the end of the day, like you're going to be the one that's crying in your bed by yourself. Mm-hmm. So, you need to learn to ask for help. So, it was really a combination of one understanding, you know, what I lack, what I don't like to do and getting that stuff off of my plate. I did not like doing one-on-one branding consultations like it was not my thing it took up too much time I love y'all my clients but they were pains in the ass and <laughs> I ended up like literally wanting to shoot myself at 10 p.m. after getting off a call with someone and then three weeks later they didn't do what the hell I told them to do so you just basically wasted my time yeah, exactly. right. uh, <laughs> so it just got to the point where you know I started really trimming the fat and running lean and figuring out okay What are the essential parts of my business that make me money? And how can I take myself out of the equation? So that's why I wrote the Make Yourself Marketable book because I still wanted to provide that step by step branding advice. I just wasn't trying to do it on calls. I wasn't trying to do it over coffee. I wasn't trying to do it one on one anymore. So I just basically streamlined a lot of my business processes to make it easier. For me to still help people but not be there. And I think a lot of times we're ashamed to say, I don't like this or I don't want to do this. And we force ourselves to keep going for the sake of what are people going to say or, you know, what am I going to do? Oh, I'm going to lose so much money. Not realizing that you can replace your income and be happier when you just focus on doing the things that you love to do.
0: No, you bring up a really important point because to me and not just to me, but it's just a proven fact that. The most successful entrepreneurs and the richest entrepreneurs are the ones that stop living in the um, time for money equation. So if you're only making money by trading your time, like that's not only draining, but it's also not sustainable for you to reach the height that you want to reach. Because if, if in order to make money, you have to put in more and more time, you have to meet with 10 more clients if you want to, you know, do 10x what you did last year. So I think realizing that early on is really, really good for your business.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And one of my favorite entrepreneurs is Marie Forleo. Like Marie Forleo literally works like once a year. She launches <laughs> yeah. people. She charges people $2,000 for eight weeks. She makes millions and then she keeps it moving. Yeah. Um, Everybody wants to do the same things, right? And to me, it's hilarious because, like, everybody wants to sell weave. Everybody wants to sell lashes. Everybody wants to do it work. Everybody and their mother wants to start an Instagram boutique. And you are not qualified, man. Have a seat. (laughs) Figure out, like, what you're actually good at. What do people ask you for advice on? What's your expertise? And how can you monetize that? Um, And that's why I feel like a lot of businesses fail, especially a lot of women-owned businesses, is because we want to follow the trends instead of setting the trend. Yep.
0: Yep. And um, so you you bring up two points when, you know, when you said that you made me think of two things. So I went to a conference and I saw um, Lovie Ajayi speak. Um, I've, I've actually interviewed her on my blog, but also just love hearing her speak because she says a lot of people are trying to brand themselves as someone else. And that's never mm. going to work. <laughs> like mm. just because it worked for you, Emily, that doesn't mean it's going to work for me. And the second, you know, speaking of branding yourself as someone else, I want to talk about the fact that I think you have cultivated and are doing such a great job of using your unique voice in your personal branding, not only for your site, but how you educate others. So talk about how you've managed to set yourself apart in a really crowded landscape.
1: I was just really unapologetic. And to put it plain and simple, I just do not give any Fs. (laughs) I literally don't. I do not censor myself. I do not second guess myself. I say exactly what I'm thinking when I'm thinking it. Period. I have no filter. Um, and I get that from my mom. She is Puerto Rican, moved here, you know, in the 80s to go to college. And since then, she's been terrorizing the United States of America <laughs> with her mouth. <laughs> um, so for me, I really grew up just always getting it told how it was, you know, and uh, being very unapologetic about who I was. So when I started building my business online, the first couple of years, I did censor myself. I tried to write like these super academic blog posts, and it took me so long because I was trying to be someone else. So when I started working full time and getting deeper into my career, I didn't have the luxury of trying to be somebody else because it takes too much time and energy to be somebody else. So I literally would just write my blog post exactly how I was thinking them. And now um, I live in Atlanta, so I spend a lot of time in traffic. So I actually speak my blog posts. So I uh, use the recording, the voice notes on the iPhone, and I talk my blog posts out as I'm driving and then I get them transcribed. So there's no better way to be authentic than to write how you speak um, and to just be yourself in every situation. There's no such thing as being appropriate, in my opinion. Yes, you can be a little bit ratchet, you can be a little unpolished, and that's all things that you can get together. Um, But you should never, you know, act like you're going to be at at a ball when you're a happy hour, right? Or you should never act like, you're in front of President Barack Obama when you're in front of your boss. Yes, you need to give people the respect that they deserve, but you also need to respect yourself and understand that you're as valuable as a person that you're speaking to.
0: Absolutely. And your tip about um, speaking your blog post, I read that I think your, your blog post called, you know, five ways to automate your business or, or to automate your business with five You know, $5 and two apps was just awesome. I bookmarked it. I sent it to a few of the women in. I have a mastermind group of um, entrepreneurial ladies who were all trying to take our business to the next level. And I was like, this is awesome because you're so right. You spend so much time putting pressure on yourself before you write a blog post. People don't realize who don't have blogs. Like, you spend time thinking it has to be this perfect essay that's just like, you know, no mistakes and mm-hmm. once i just started speaking it i was like, look, this is the information that i want to get out. People don't care if it sound what it sounds like as long as it sounds authentically me. So, kudos yeah. to you and i'll i'll put the link to that blog post in um the show notes.
1: Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I always talk about that too um because it's hilarious. My mentor calls me up one day and she's like, I have something to tell you, please don't be mad. And I'm like, oh. I'm like, what's up? And she's like, you remind me of Cardi B and I started dying. So that's how the whole joke, like my Instagram bio. And oftentimes when I do Twitter chats, you know, and you have to introduce yourself, I say, I'm what Cardi B like would be um, like if she went to college. It's so true. If Cardi B from the Bronx with the accent, super hood, Went to Syracuse University. They would have gotten her together real quick, <laughs> same way they got me together. And we are literally spirit animals. But I always crack up because Cardi B has built a whole brand. Is selling mixtapes. Is on tour. <laughs> being, being way more successful than some of the women who have been trying to break into the music industry for years because she's been unapologetically herself. She's, her teeth was looking crazy, girl. You know, she has like the worst vocabulary in all of America. Mm -hmm. She's been herself and it's been endearing. So a lot of times when I think about, you know, my next steps, I always, always remember that because I think of, you know, how you make connections and people make connections and people, um, you know, fall in love with you when you are yourself, regardless of your flaws, regardless of, you know, if you talk fast or your accent or whatever. However, people fall in love genuinely with who you are and because you relate to them. So I always like to tell that story because it's helped keep me grounded the last couple of months when I'm like, oh my God, I'm too ratchet. And I'm like, yeah, no, this is who I am. If they like it, great. And if they don't like it, they're not meant to be my client, my friend,
0: my associate anyway. Exactly. So let's talk about entrepreneurship and what has been some of the most uh, surprising aspects of being an entrepreneur?
1: Oh my gosh, definitely the need for structure and discipline. So I you know, come from a Hispanic family where get your education and go to college was the goal, right? Um, so I'm definitely very much in the mindset of you graduate from college, you get a job, you get a husband, you buy a house and you live happily ever after. Um, so being an entrepreneur is really hard because it goes against basically everything that I believed growing up. And you have to be very, very disciplined. You have to be more disciplined than if you have a nine to five, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people quit their jobs because they hate their boss or they hate their job, not realizing that it's going to be worse as an entrepreneur, right? Because if you could not figure it out with your boss, someone who's going to hold you accountable, someone who's going to validate you, someone who I hope is motivating you, how the heck are you going to do it by yourself? You have to be very, very self-assured as an entrepreneur. And it wasn't something that I was ready for because graduating from this super prestigious university where I was always getting these pats on the back, nobody is patting me on the back when I write a blog post in 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Nobody is patting me on the back when I sell $3,000 in passive income. It's like, okay, well, that's cute. On to the next thing. Like, let's move, let's move on. You just keep moving. So you kind of fall into this, um, I guess, just into this process, into this lifestyle of always, always working and never having breaks, never really getting, you know, those pats on the back, those moments of recognition, which you constantly, I would hope if you're doing your job well, um, you constantly get in corporate America. So that's what I struggled with most as an entrepreneur. And I found most surprising was you do a lot of the work in silence and there isn't
0: a lot of noise made when you do it well. Right. And people see your success and think that it comes easy or they don't they don't see the hard work that goes on behind that. Like the sleepless nights or, you know, the nights you don't get to go to happy hour with your girls. It's it's a lot of work. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of work, especially,
1: at you know, when it's a side hustle, when you just came from work, you know. And I commend all the people who have like real life living boyfriends, like whole entire kids like- and kids. <laughs> responsibilities because I'm like, oh my God, I can't, you know, I, I would come home from work and, you know, make dinner and work for two hours a day on my business and be super duper productive. And then, you know, the times where I'm working for myself full time, when I'm between gigs or between freelance projects or whatever it is, uh, I get not even half of the amount of work done Mm -hmm. that I do when I'm working full time because that routine and that structure isn't there anymore. Um, And it's just really, really draining. So I definitely do encourage people who want to go into entrepreneurship full time to consider co-working spaces spaces and, um, you know, creative communities or just things where, you know, they're going to have an accountability partner or they're going to get out the house and be around people. Because being an entrepreneur can be very, very lonely the first couple of years and it can definitely lead you to want to quit because of all of the lack of self-care
0: how did you financially prepare for this window when you are a full-time entrepreneur I didn't
1: Like it, the, the theme of this here podcast is that I do not know what the hell is going on half of the time. Yes. <laughs> never have, never will. Uh, but for me, it's more so like it's just hustling, right? I grew up in the South Bronx where, you know, a lot of the people that I grew up with were drug dealers, right? And it's like, if you want to make money to go out this weekend, you need to get up at 8 a.m. before the rest of the drug dealers wake up so that you can get the crackheads their early morning fix. And I mean, <laughs> literally, this is crazy. But it's so true. Like, you ever wonder, like, I don't know. I don't know where a lot of your listeners are from or whatever. Mm -hmm. But you ever wonder, like, why there are people that are out at 7 a.m. And it's like, you know they don't got jobs. Mm -hmm. Like, you know that they're up to something fishy. But the early bird in the hood really does get the worm at the end of the day. So I noticed that, you know, if you want to achieve certain things, if you want to, you know, live a certain kind of lifestyle, you need to do the things that are necessary to attain that lifestyle. Right. So for me, I know that living in Atlanta, which is why I moved out of New York in the first place, living in Atlanta with the low cost um, of living, the high quality of life uh, and my bills. I know that literally I can have all my bills paid with fifteen hundred dollars and that's being really generous. Right. So I know that I need to make at least fifteen hundred dollars in passive income to support myself every single month if I don't have a job. So what I did when I was working full-time, since I've been working full-time, is I've always been very, very diligent about saving, right? So, for example, um, two months ago, I was freelancing with a startup here in Atlanta, and I was making $5,000 a month on the project. Out of that project, $4,000 of that um, payment I saved, But when times like this, when I'm working for myself full time, I know that for about three months or so, I can pay my bills full time. If I do not sell one book, if I do not do one speaking engagement, I know that for about three months I'm going to be okay. And that peace of mind to know that my bills are going to be paid allows me to not be desperate to make money. Because when you're desperate to make money, you don't produce your best products. You're not as creative as you can be because you're focused on the dollars and not on making sense. Right, I'm gonna say that one more time. When you're desperate to make money, you're focused on the dollar and not on making sense. And that's when you start, you know, launching random courses that have nothing to do with your brand. And that's when you start selling tummy tea. And that's when you start <laughs> trying to sell weave. And you don't have edges. I mean, girl, get it together. Get it together. So preparing for fi- financial, um, you know, struggle or, or preparing for for seasons of drought, as I like to call them, um, you just need to do your due diligence of Setting yourself up when you are working full time for a place where you don't need to worry when you're not working full time, right? Because you have all the systems in place. So for me, saving aggressively has been the best strategy, um, and also net thirties. Net 30s saved my life, girl.
0: Yes, I will do a project, and, and I would you know, What I'm that t- is oh, because so- I, even I didn't know that you know that phrase like a year ago. So yeah, break it down for the folks.
1: So net thirty is when you get paid up to 30 days after you complete something, right? So when I used to work in sales, uh, we got paid on net 30s and net 60s. So that means, you know, we sell a client. They may, you know, want the service immediately on June 1st, but you don't get paid on it until maybe June 30th or maybe July 30th. Um, So, you know, I've done brand campaigns. I worked with Comcast Business on a three-month project. Um, I've worked with, you know, Procter & Gamble. And those two projects have been net 30s and net 60s. So when I'm thinking I'm poor or I'm like, oh, shit, I'm broke. um, You know, a check from work that I did a month or two months ago comes in and I'm like, oh, hallelujah, praise the Lord. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So actually having, you know, some of those bigger contracts and not being so much business to consumer, but also being business to business and getting those, um, you know, larger ticket items, as I like to call them, um, and getting those larger, uh, paying contracts or, or those speaking engagements and things like that definitely help because it's money that you don't count on and, it, and you don't get it immediately, so you don't spend it immediately. Um, but I think financial preparation for entrepreneurship is exactly the same as financial preparation if you work full-time. You just need to become financially literate. What are you doing with your money? What's coming in? What's going out? You know, where can you save? How much can you save? Are you saving $100 because 200 of it you're spending at the club? are you you know are you only saving twenty dollars a week but you're getting a five dollars Starbucks coffee every day like when you're an entrepreneur, all that shit gotta go, okay? I literally this morning had two egos that I put in the toaster. why because i'm not about to go pay ihop eleven dollars mm. when I could have these two nice strawberry waffles with some syrup for fifty cents. <laughs> Come on, you know, and it's those kinds of sacrifices that people aren't willing to make because they want to keep up appearances for their friends or, you know, they want to have this amazing social life, but then they're going home to sleep on a mattress on the floor and it like doesn't make sense. So it's just about becoming financially literate. And if you have your personal life in order, your entrepreneurship life will also be in order. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, it's not, it's like not only financial literacy but also financial discipline like that's discipline and on all fronts is really hard for people but it's the number one thing you, you have to master it in some capacity like you just can't be undisciplined across the board and expect to mm-hmm. um, see any reward for your side hustle and entrepreneurship and you know I, I I use each interchangeably but you know we are the same in that we think of side hustle. once you are a side hustle we don't distinguish that you know you mm-hmm. are an entrepreneur when you have created a viable business concept that you are investing in and producing on the side you are an entrepreneur so let me just clarify that (laughs) (laughs) so a little bit more of the financial piece now you talked about net 30s and you talked about um, saving to financially sustain yourself but can you give us a little bit more context into the world of branded products and speaking engagements You have mentioned a few times that people try to create these classes and these books and either they're not the right fit to be um, teaching this information or, you know, they're so strapped for cash, they're just putting together whatever they can find to try to get some money. So talk about what it takes to create a valuable branded product, um, whether that's a book or a course. How have you approached it?
1: Yeah. So for Make Yourself Marketable, in there, there's actually a whole exercise around just introspection, right? Like what's your vision? What's a legacy that you want to leave for yourself? What's your personal branding statement slash thesis statement, right? For your life. So for me, my life's thesis statement is I want to be able to empower people to do what they want to be literally free. As in, you know, you don't like your job. You can quit in a blink of an eye and walk out the door without any worries because you know that your bills are gonna be paid, right? You know that when a flight deal pops off to Dubai and it's 250 on a, you know, Christmas Eve on a random Tuesday, you can pull out your debit card, book that flight, book the hotel and be on your way to Dubai in four weeks because you have the money in the bank, right? Um, so what I've learned is that those things are valuable to me, but in order for you to be able to, to achieve that. And in order for me to be able to give that to other people, I need to do that through my products and services and classes, right? So I remain true to my brand when I operate under that thesis statement. Is what I'm creating going to help people have the freedom that I want them to have? Are they going to really be able to live that lifestyle? Are they going to have multiple streams of income, And if the answer is no, then I have no business creating it. As much as I love it, as much as I may be passionate about it, I have no business creating it. I love to cook. I love to cook. It's one of my favorite things to do in the whole wide world. I was a chef in my past life. But that does not mean that I'm about to have a YouTube cooking channel just because I love to cook and because I think that that's a good idea. right? So a lot of times, creating a viable product, creating a valuable service Needs to come from your brand. What have you become known for? What are you credible for? What's your skill set in? And what do people trust you with, right? My friends come to me all the time and ask me about personal branding. They ask me about their resumes. They ask me about cover letters, all that stuff. So that's what I you know, create content around. I noticed a lot of my audience was struggling with self-care and you know, the doubt that you get when you wanna become an entrepreneur. So what did I do? I created an email course because I was finding that I was getting a lot of the same questions. But just because an idea pops into my head doesn't mean that it's going to be uh, profitable or valuable because I have it as an idea. And a lot of times what I find is people don't validate their ideas, right? They get an idea, they act on it, you know, they launch the course, they launch the book, and then nobody buys it because they didn't bother to figure out if anybody needed it in the first place
0: so you're so right like um the the number one thing that i tell people or that i've learned and i share with people is you need to go out there and find your your the person that you think will benefit from this and will buy into this message and you know needs this information that you want to provide and then ask them more about it all you have when you think that this is a good idea, is a is a hypothesis. Mm-hmm. So ask them, you know, what would they like to see? What specific nuggets of information do they need more more uh, context around? Yeah,
1: yeah, and which just makes sense, right? Like if I literally got off this podcast and launched the course on like five ways to be the most productive human being and get clarity on your life, yeah. nobody would buy it because I literally just said five hundred times on this call that I have. <laughs> what I'm doing, right? Right, right, right? And I see that happen all the time. It's like, you know, I have a public relations degree. And although, yes, I freelance in PR, that isn't a very public part of my brand yet. So if tomorrow I suddenly become a PR agency and I start offering public relations services, it's not really going to go well because it's not something that I've built my brand around, right? And a lot of times that's what happens. People find that they're good at something or, or you know, they have a degree in something. So they're going to create a product around it. But that's not what people know them for. Mm -hmm. And thus, they're not going to buy it, right? So for us, we have to learn to really stay in our lanes and do the things that one, our audience wants from us, but also do the things that our audience needs from us. Um, And understand that entrepreneurship and business has nothing to do with fulfilling your dreams and it has everything to do with fulfilling other people's dreams.
0: Yes. Say that again. So one thing I'll ask you is what you're currently working on and what's next for you. And then we'll get into the lightning round.
1: Yes. So I um, wrote what well, I didn't write it, but I designed a success and sanity journal. Um, and I literally just put the finishing touches on it last night, just submitted it to create space and all that type of stuff. Um, But I just created a journal more so for myself than I did for anybody else because, you know, like I said, the journey of being a side hustler and an entrepreneur is really hard. Um, you know, I'm an only child, so I don't really have siblings. My friends, I mean, I literally have like five friends, um, so, <laughs> literally like five friends, especially because I live in a new city and all that stuff. So it's just been a, a really lonely time in my life. And journaling has definitely helped me because it, it's helped to keep me in check, right? So- um, you know, in there you write down your, not only the, obviously like the day and stuff like that, but you write down your mood for that particular day. How did you feel that particular day? Mm-hmm. What was a win? What was a loss? What was a lesson that you learned? Um, there's a journal prompt so you can reflect on a specific question. What are your funds? You should always know every single day, how much money you have in your bank account. Mm-hmm. That whole like, oh, I'm going to check it on Monday. No, because that's how you end up in overdraft. Um, and then a goal and a baby step. So we all have goals that we're working towards. What's the one baby step that you took today to get you closer to that goal? It takes like 15 minutes to do. um, But I literally just got annoyed writing out, you know, this list every single day in a a random notebook. So I just designed the journal. And as I talked to my friends more and more about it, they're like, oh, that's such a cool way to journal. You know, can you share it with me? So I created a little worksheet. But then again, my friends got annoyed printing out the worksheet every day or, you know, every week or whatever it was. So I created the journal. Which is just a way for women, entrepreneurs, you know, high-powered women, successful women who go through a million emotions in a day but never stop to think about what those emotions mean and how they're impacting them for the rest of the week, right? Mm. If you started off Monday pissed off, why, did you, why were you mad? What specifically were you mad about? Was it because you had an argument with your best friend? Was it because you heard some bad news from your boss? Um, You know, kind of like understanding what triggers certain emotions, what puts you in particular moods so that you can avoid feeling that way in the future. Right. Yep. So um, that's that's,
0: really important. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So uh, that's definitely next. Um, Working on that, promoting it. I don't know if I'm definitely going to, you know, go off and do like this whole big campaign to promote it and things like that. But it might just be, um, you know, an additional tool that I use for my workshops and things like that. But next is just to take over Atlanta, you know, get on the scene, do a lot more local speaking engagements, um, build my network here. Atlanta is one of the top five cities for startup companies. Um, so I'm definitely in the right place. So more so focusing on my own personal and professional development, both, you know, in my job and in my business and just making those connections and, um, you know, moving into a space where I can continue to, to build the life that I love.
0: Awesome. All right, so really quickly, we're going to go through a quick round of questions. So, are you ready? Yes, ma'am. All right, number one, what's an internet resource like CreateSpace that you can share with the Sidehustle Pro audience?
1: Fiber. Get fiber. I write about it all the time, I talk about it all the time. Fiverr is an online marketplace where you can get services for $5. This is not where you get your logo done. This is not where you get your website designs. This is where you get small little tasks that you wish, wish an assistant could do. For example, if you want to get uh, something researched, if you want someone to, to transcribe a podcast for you, if you want um, you know, someone to do some SEO keyword research for you, little simple tasks that take up a lot of your time that isn't hard you know, for somebody else to do. Fiverr is perfect for it. It's $5. People do literally everything on there. And it really saves you time when you're trying to work full time and also grow your business.
0: Yes. I I can, you know, put a stamp on Fiverr for transcribing. All right, number two. What's been the best business book that you've read this year?
1: Girl, girl,
0: reading. Okay, see, I've been wanting to read.
1: <laughs> I've wanted to read, but the way that my life is set up, reading don't happen. But Podcasts have saved my life. So the best business book that I've read this year, I can't really uh, tell you one because I never get through any of them, but my Leek Teals podcast, Be Getting My Edges All The Way Together, all the time. Um, I feel like she's my mentor in my head, and I might pull up to her house somewhere in Atlanta. when, I, when I I'm like, hello, girl, here I am. <laughs> I'm like, hey, I listen to your podcast. Um, but, yeah, I really have also subscribed to Audible. I have downloaded a bunch of audio books. The first one that I I have on my list is called David and Goliath is Malcolm Gladwell's book. And it's about um, understanding that sometimes the things that may look like disadvantages, right? So the fact that David, you know, we all know the Bible story. David was small. He had a slingshot, blah, 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 can really be advantageous um, because... The fact that David was small allowed him to be more flexible, allowed him to be more nimble. And the slingshot was one of the most powerful weapons at that particular time. So for us as business owners, we may think, oh, well, I'm only a one-person company. Or, oh, you know, I'm from the Bronx. Or, oh, this. And the things that we feel may be holding us back might be that competitive advantage we need to push us forward. So I'm definitely excited to hear that one um, on my drives the next couple of days. Because uh, I think it's important to, to uh, reset our mindsets and understand, you know, how we are perceiving our reality and how we're really moving forward
0: um, in our lives. Absolutely. And I'm so glad you mentioned Audible because, yeah, a lot of people, you know, you, you sit down and you open up a book or you open up your Kindle and your eyes just glaze over after a long day. So consume mm-hmm. information in the format that is most convenient to you and matches your style, but don't not consume because, um, you know, you don't want to. You don't have time to flip open a book. Um, yeah. So you mentioned my leak. Who else inspires you and why?
1: Uh well yeah I love my league like that's my girl Beyonce like that's my girl too (laughs) like me and Beyonce we right here I ain't sorry she definitely wrote that song for me um but my mentor is definitely the woman that inspires me most because she's tangible you know we have all these mentors in our heads and it's real cute to have a mentor in your head but you need a mentor in real life um so my real life mentor Natalie Colefield she's the founder of, of Walker's Legacy and she's truly a woman that you know, walks in her purpose. She was the CEO of the Austin um, Chamber of Commerce for a couple of years. And she quit her, you know, great paying job to focus on Walker's legacy and really be able to help um, women entrepreneurs and single mothers be able to find economic equity and and build, you know, businesses and, and build careers that are not only going to help them personally, but are also going to help push our economy forward. So she is one of the most brilliant women uh, that I know. She's super duper smart, but she will also get me all the way together in five seconds and be like, girl, you're crazy. Absolutely not. Do this, do that. You know, and sometimes our mentors kind of like tiptoe around certain things, but Nat always gives it to me straight. You know, I've come to now where I'm like, hey, like, I hate this job. I'm going to quit. It's like, yep, no, you need to stay. You've only been there three months, which means to stay there for nine more months and then you can go. Okay, great. Thanks. Nice conversation. Have a nice day. And, you know, like- she gives it to me really, really straight. And I feel like that kind of advice from someone who's, you know, quote unquote, so successful, but, you know, she still acknowledges that she has so much more to learn and so, so much more to accomplish definitely inspires me because I'm like, I'm 25 years old. So what may seem like a problem to me is really not a problem. And there's always a solution. Um, so being around, you know, mentors and, and people that inspire you is great, but you also need to be around people who are going to tell it to you like it is um, and help you get there.
0: Absolutely. Finally, I'd like to end with your parting advice for fellow women entrepreneurs who, you know, dream of working for themselves, but don't know where to start. And then share the best way that we can connect with you after this episode.
1: When you want to start a side hustle or start a business, before you think about what you're going to do, you need to think about how you're going to do it. So putting all the systems and tools in place to help your business run without you is what's going to make you the most successful. So that means, you know, we didn't talk about this a lot throughout the show, but getting your email funnels together, getting your website to convert, um, figuring out how to actually monetize the emails that you do send to your list, uh, you know, finding ways to streamline how you onboard clients, all the little processes that may take up a lot of time figuring out ways where you can do it better, faster or easier because things are going to get hard and you're going to get busy. But when you have those processes in place, it's really easy for you to continue and to keep going.
0: Thank you. Um, So finally, can you share the best way that we can connect with you after this episode?
1: Yes. um, Instagram, Twitter. I don't really Snapchat, so that would be lying to y'all. My blog, my email list. um, So if you have any questions or anything like that, definitely feel free to find me on social media. I'm at Emily Della Cruz. It's spelled crazy, so I know it'll be in the show notes somewhere. Um, And also, of course, on my site, it's pretty easy to find my email address. So definitely reach out.
0: All right. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Side Hustle Pro. If you like the show, do me a favor and subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. And if you want to hear more from me, you can find me online at sidehustlepro.co and on social media on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Side Hustle Pro. Talk to you next week.